Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 26 is entitled The War on Earth, Part 1. There is a misconception that God created evil. It isn't possible for God to create evil. He would negate himself. We all remember the Savior's parable. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? Matthew twelve twenty three through 26 Therefore, we need to understand what evil is. Evil is not a thing of itself. Just as it is not possible for God to create Satan, evil is the negation of that which is good. God created Lucifer, which literally means the shining one or light bringer. Isaiah calls him Lucifer, son of the morning. Lucifer is our brother, just as Christ is our brother. We are all spirit children of God. Christ was the oldest. He was equal to God before he ever came to earth. He was Jehovah. He was the chosen one. From Lucifer's description, we can only assume that he also was great in the kingdom of God, though certainly not equal to Christ. God created Lucifer. Lucifer created Satan. Lucifer became Satan because he led a rebellion against Christ, wanting to overthrow his kingdom and usurp his power. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought, and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. Revelation twelve seven through 8 Because of his rebellion, Lucifer was cast out of heaven. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Luke ten eighteen. After he was cast out of heaven, he became known as Satan. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Revelation twelve nine. Satan also became known by other names. Chief of demons, prince of devils, Beelzebub. Lucifer was only mentioned once, and that was in the Old Testament. On earth, his more familiar names are Satan or devil. Satan is referred to as the father of lies, but Satan did not create evil. Satan is evil because he violated absolute law. Evil is nothing more than the violation of the laws of God. To understand evil, we must understand law. All things, temporal and spiritual, are governed by law. Chaos self-exists. It is law that brings order out of chaos. The two great opposites are law and lawlessness, order and chaos, creation and destruction. By obeying the laws of God, we have law, order, and creation. By disobeying the laws of God, we return to lawlessness, chaos, and destruction. Sin is violation of law and always leads to destruction, disorder, 
misery, and captivity. The Jews call Satan the spoiler. Satan is incapable of creation. He can only destroy that which others have created. He wanted to overthrow Christ and the kingdom of God. Isaiah tells us, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Isaiah fourteen twelve through 14 Satan is the destroyer. His only goal is to destroy our happiness and to make us as miserable as he is. Peter tells us, Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5, 8 God created law and order. All kingdoms are governed by a complete set of laws. That is why we have perfect order in the universe. Law perfects, protects, preserves, and sanctifies that order. Law is governed by justice. Justice is perfect order. Anything that creates disorder violates the law of justice. Without the law of justice, everything would return to chaos. The opposite of justice is chaos, disorder, destruction, corruption, evil, or sin. Everything is held together by justice. God is a God of justice. That is why he is perfect. There are no flaws with God. He doesn't allow anything into his presence that is not sanctified or free of sin. If it were not so, there would be nothing rather than something. That is where things become complicated. Adam fell and brought sin into the world. Because of the fall, all mankind was in a lost and fallen state. Lucifer became known as perdition. His angels became known as sons of perdition. The ancient definition of perdition is a state of being lost. Satan and his angels are in a perpetual state of being lost. They live outside the law. They became a law unto themselves. It was their choice. They tried to overthrow God. They wanted to establish their own system. They can never be redeemed because they worship Satan. They are dedicated to destroying Christ. Satan, however, has no power of redemption, so they are forever lost. They were all cast out of heaven with Lucifer, never to return. They do not have physical bodies. They will never have physical bodies. That is why they preferred swine to nobody at all. When Adam and Eve fell, they suffered both a spiritual death because they were cut off from the presence of God. They suffered a temporal death because their spirits became separated from their bodies. And entropy was introduced. In the garden before the fall, Adam and Eve had immortal physical bodies. These immortal physical bodies were called spiritual bodies because they could never die. After the fall, Adam and Eve became mortal. They became subject to death. They became lost, and they were in danger of being lost forever, which meant that they would also become sons of perdition. The only thing that saved them was that God forcefully prevented them from partaking of the fruit of the tree of life. And, of course, he provided the Savior. In Genesis, Moses tells us, So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. 
Genesis 3.24 If the Lord had not prevented them from eating the fruit of the tree of life, they would have been under the power of Satan forever. Only death could release them from the fall. Only the resurrection could redeem them from death. Only Christ could bring about the resurrection. Only Christ could forgive their sins. But in order to do that, Christ, who was Jehovah, who was God of this earth, who was creator of all things, had to come to earth and be born of a mortal mother. Otherwise, his body couldn't be subject to death. He had to live a perfect life so that justice had no hold on him. And he had to satisfy the law of justice by suffering and dying for our sins. Though he was innocent, he paid the price for our sins. He is the only one who could have paid the price for our sins. Can you see the paradox? The greatest paradox of all is the conflict between the law of justice and the law of mercy. There are things that God cannot do and still remain God. Mercy can satisfy justice, but mercy cannot rob justice, or it is not justice. There is nothing arbitrary about God. There can never be anything arbitrary about God. His laws work because they are flawless. His laws are flawless because he is flawless. He cannot violate the law of justice and still be God. Christ remained perfect because he did the will of the Father in all things. Remember the temptations of Christ in the wilderness? Three times Satan approached Christ, offering him power, wealth, and fame. Three times Christ rebukes him. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Matthew 4, 7. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Matthew 4, 10. Christ remained perfect because in all things he did the will of the Father. Paul tells us, For he made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrew 4.15 The law of justice was violated by the fall of Adam. Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. Christ died so that we would not have to pay for Adam's transgression. In that way, grace is a free gift. But we need to put a finer point on the difference between sin and transgression. There was nothing we could do to atone for the transgression of Adam. Because of the fall and mortality, Adam and Eve were able to have children. We are all descendants of Adam and Eve. We were born into a fallen world and became subject to death. Christ atoned for the transgression of Adam, which broke Satan's hold on us. Death, which appears to be such an awful word, frees us from Satan's grasp. Satan has great power in this world. In John 14, Christ calls Satan the prince of this world. In fact, he is like a god. Had we lived forever on earth, then Satan would have ruled over us forever, for he has declared this as his home. He likes it. It is business as usual for him. He is Antichrist, and he will do anything to destroy God's greatest creation, meaning us. 
He finds joy only in our misery. But death freed us from his power. Paul makes a very interesting statement in one of Paul's most enigmatic statements. It is found in 1 Corinthians 15, the chapter on the resurrection. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is law. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty four through 56 What does Paul mean when he says that the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law? Understanding that is the key to understanding both the nature of sin and the nature of law. First of all, for the righteous, death has no sting. Why? Good people go to paradise to await the resurrection. And in paradise, Satan has no power. After this life, the righteous will never be tempted again. The strength of sin is the law means that those who did not repent of their sins on earth, when they are dead, will fall under the penalty of the law. They will be punished for their sins. The law of justice will have no power over them who repented of their sins and were sanctified by the grace of Christ. However, for those who did not call upon Christ, the law of justice has strength or power over them and they won't be released until they have paid the uttermost farthing. What then is sin? Transgression is the violation of the law of justice. Sin is the willful violation of the laws of Christ. We could not satisfy the demands of the law of justice because we were born into a fallen world. However, we could satisfy the law of mercy because of the atonement of Christ. The law of justice is unconditional in the sense that you are either inside the law of justice or outside the law of justice. Adam ate of the forbidden fruit and violated the law of justice, not us, yet we fell with him. Neither Adam nor your own good works could bring us back. The fall put us eternally outside the law of justice. We did not have the power to bring ourselves back. That is why we needed Christ. Christ, the only begotten Son of God, satisfied the law of justice and instituted the law of mercy. That is how he became our advocate and our judge. However, the law of justice placed conditions on the law of mercy. Sin is a violation of those conditions. If you want to know the conditions, simply search the Holy Scriptures, especially the New Testament. The purpose of the Holy Scriptures is to teach us the conditions of the law of mercy. Under the law of justice, we were powerless. The atonement of Christ empowered us by offering us a chance to repent of our sins, as we know by John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John three sixteen through 17 Christ came to save the world, not to condemn the world. In the Holy Scriptures, he teaches us the plan of salvation, the path to redemption. However, because of agency, we must choose of our own free will to follow that path. Otherwise, Christ would have to save us against our will, and he will not do that. The entire war in heaven was about agency. Satan was condemned because he wants to destroy the agency of man. Christ, who died that we may have free will and agency, is not going to commit the same sin, even if it is to save us. Christ will only perform miracles for those who believe in him. 
Peter refers to life on earth as the trial of our faith. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who were kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. First Peter 1, 2-9 Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at ronaldmesser.com